Hebrews chapter 11. Please open up your Bibles. Hebrews chapter 11. And the way that the preaching ministry takes place here in this church is that we normally walk through a book of the Bible and preach what the Bible says and seek to apply it to our lives. We want to understand the meaning of the text. And so generally speaking, when I'm trying to preach, it means whatever the meaning of the text is, that's the meaning that I'm trying to communicate to you all. And then we'll seek to try to do our best to bring it to today and how we can best apply what is here to our own lives. And today we're in Hebrews chapter 11, and we'll be reading verses 8 through 22. Hebrews 11, 8 through 22. Let's read together. By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac. And he who had received the promise was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this text of Scripture that is in front of us today. Please give us understanding. And we can see clearly here there is something about faith that we are being called to. And may the people here at Kaz Church be a people of faith and receive the good promises that you have given to us in Jesus Christ our Lord. And we ask all of it in his name. Amen. There are certain things that I will never do. I know you're not supposed to ever say never, but I'm saying never, all right? I'll never go skydiving unless the plane is crashing, and even then, I might just take it all the way to the ground. I'll never go bungee jumping. I'll never go base jumping. How many of you all have been bungee jumping, base jumping, skydiving before? You're a bunch of crazy people. Yeah. No thanks. And if you hear a theme right there from me, uh, I do not want to fall rapidly from high places. 
okay? I like to be on firm ground. But I also never go mountain climbing unless something is chasing me up the mountain. I do like mountains. I don't mind walking up them, but I'm not climbing up the side of the wall of them. And it's not that I'm afraid of heights. I just don't care to fall from heights needlessly. But in order not to fall, rock climbers use anchors that stick into the cracks above them so they can keep climbing up that rope all the way to the top. There is something like that that's being taught in our passage today. And it is that faith is anchored in something up ahead. That's what we're being told. Faith is not just down here hanging on by its fingernails. God has made promises to his people that are out there in the future. That is the anchor that is up ahead. It's anchored for us. That's hope. That's the reward. The rope that we're holding on to, our faith, is attached to those anchors, and it enables us to keep climbing up ahead, to keep going all the way to the top with confidence. But in order to climb with confidence, you have to be really sure about that anchor, do you not? You better be. Your whole life is depending on the fact that that anchor better be firmly planted into the rock. You have to know that it's not going to move on you or slide out of place. That person who put it there had better be reliable. Well, our God has placed those anchors out there for us, and we know that he is completely reliable in everything that he says. And because of that, we can proceed without fear. Our text in front of us shows us how this played out in the lives of several people in the book of Genesis. They're often referred to as the patriarchs. These are the first people of the Hebrew race. And if you'd like to read further about their lives, you start at Genesis chapter 12 and you read all the way to the end of that book. But Hebrews here sums up the faith of these people in 15 verses. When I was reading, maybe you noticed that eight times the word faith is used. Often when he says, by faith. Five times we see the word promise. God made promises initially to Abraham. And what did Abraham do? He believed those promises. And so faith in those promises caused him to live in a way that proved that he believed that God was reliable in what he said. And just so you can see the connection early on here, let me turn this to you. Faith in God's promises will cause you to live in a way that proves that you believe what he says. Does that make sense? We're going to look at what God promised to Abraham and see how this man lived and showing that he did believe those promises. And then at the end, I'd like to turn it to us so that we see that God has made promises to me and to you. Promises that are supposed to keep us going, to not give up, to not cash it all in, to not waver and doubt along the way, but keep going until the race is finished or the climb up the mountain is finished. So what is it that God promised to Abraham? 
Now, these 15 verses, they make that pretty clear. In fact, the first five verses here make that clear to us. Hope you got your Bible open. Look at verse 8. The verse that we started reading from. It says here that Abraham was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. What was the inheritance? A place. He was called to go to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. God told Abraham that there was a specific place that would be his. A place that his feet would walk on. And he was to pack up and go, even though it says here he did not know where he was going. He left simply believing that God knew what was best for him, and he packed up all of his stuff and left the town called Ur. There were no travel brochures. He didn't get any Airbnb pictures before he left. No such thing as Google Maps to kind of get an overview of what that might look like in the land of promise. He got none of those things. Just the word of the Lord. So God promised Abraham a place. A place. I read about a man who had four pictures of desert wilderness in his office. And the guy walked in, and he saw those on the wall and said to him, what's up with the, what's up with the pictures on the wall? Like there's nothing there. And the man said, I've been to the land of Ur. And I took a picture of north, south, east, and west. And this is what it looked like. Nothing. So when Abraham looked out from where he was from, north, south, east, and west, he saw nothing. Desert, dry, rocky ground. And God said, go. And Abraham He obeyed. He did what God called him to do. Why? Why would he do that? That doesn't make any sense, does it? No good planning. No advanced team to go out and take a look. None of that. Packed up his family and left. Why? Faith. He believed that God had something good out there for him, better than what he could do himself. Now, it didn't look like it to his eyes as he looked out there on that barren ground, but he left. He believed the Lord. He knew who was making him a promise that was all that he needed, and he left. And we certainly could say the same for ourselves, right? At least it's really good in theory. It's easy to say that right here in this chair or up here on the stage, isn't it? But sometimes we can't see. We can't see what it is that God has for us. And he's made us a promise. We're called to believe. Trusting that the one who has promised knows, and he would not lie to us. And we stake all that we are and all that we have on that, and we obey. All we've got is the word of the Lord, and that is plenty. That's what Abraham had. So he packed up, and he walked to that place. Well, what else did God promise to Abraham? 
He didn't just promise him a place. God promised Abraham a people. In fact, those two things go together. What is the point of a place if there are not people to live in it? They kind of go hand in hand. The whole concept of an inheritance requires that there be descendants to give it to. And Abraham didn't have one. He had no son. He had no daughter. He had, he had no children at all whatsoever. But God promised him descendants. Matter of fact, he promised him as many descendants as there were sand on the seashore and stars in the sky. And that seemed pretty far-fetched to this man at that time when he had nobody and he was old. And he, he and his wife were so old, in fact, that they were really beyond childbearing years. So it seemed impossible to Abraham that he would have a son. And yet God told him it would be so. Again, what did Abraham do? He believed him. So can you see the two anchors that are up there ahead for Abraham? Those two promises that are nailed into the side of that rock wall that he's supposed to be climbing toward. Place, people. God has promised to them, those things to me. I believe and I will shape my life based on my belief. All he had was God's word, and that was enough for this man. And he moved toward those promises. And what did he do? What did that look like? He packed up his bags. That's one thing that he did. Packed up his stuff. Packed up his family. Never to return. Abraham never came back. Once he walked away from Ur, he was gone forever. So he packed up his bags. But then he and his wife, Sarah, kept trying for a baby, too, though their bodies had no ability to produce life up to this point. Faith acts. It acts based on the promises. That's what it does. It obeys. It acts. It shapes living. It chooses certain things and doesn't choose other things based on the promises that God has made. So those were Abraham's anchors firmly up there in that rock, and he just kept climbing toward it. Doesn't mean that he didn't make mistakes along the way. If you go back and read the story, you'll find out that he did. But the New Testament does not record it that way. It's as if those things never took place. Abraham had faith. He believed. And did Abraham receive what was promised? Did God give to this man what he told him that he would give in his lifetime? Well, it's actually yes and it's no. And you might find that answer a little bit surprising. Because God's word did not fail. It never does. God did give Abraham a son, and he did lead Abraham to that land. He got the place, and he got the people. So yes, Abraham received what was promised. But it's also clear here that the fullness of God's promise, it was not received in Abraham's lifetime, or even the lifetime of his son Isaac, or his grandson Jacob, or Jacob's son Joseph, who is also mentioned in this passage. Look with me at verse 13. Look at verse 13. 
and see what it says here. These, talking about all these patriarchs, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. So we're clearly being told here that they did not receive something of what was promised to them in their lifetimes. They died in faith. They died still waiting here for something, which might sound a bit strange. Because wouldn't we say, well, Abraham did receive the promised son, and then his promised son had another son and another son, and right? So it seems strange that it might say here that they did not receive the things promised. What does it mean that they died without receiving it? Here's what it means. When God promised Abraham a people and a place, he was making a promise that extended beyond Abraham's immediate people and beyond merely being in that physical place. So Abraham did receive the immediate things, but God was promising something far larger than that to Abraham, far larger than what would meet his eye in his own lifetime. God's promises are often like that, aren't they? They're much bigger than we would expect. Look again at verse 13. It says that each of these men, though they did not receive the things promised, they saw them and greeted them from afar. So each of them acknowledged that the promises that God made to them was out there way in the distance beyond their lifetimes, even though they did receive a kind of down payment of that while they lived. God brought them to the place, and he did miraculously provide children. But his promise was more than they would receive or see with their own eyes. They died in faith. So those particular anchors that God was promising to them, they were further up the mountain than they would ever climb. And it says that they knew that, and they greeted it from a distance. It's really a pretty good illustration that's being used here that teaches us something of what they believed. It's telling us that Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, these men, that they were all kind of gathered together, in a sense, maybe on a hill, and they looked out there way, way off in the distance. And they could see way out there the fulfillment of God's promises, and they extend their hand to it. Hello! But they would never walk to it. They can't quite get to that place that they're waving at because right in front of them, or there is a something in between them and that place called death. But that did not discourage them because death does not mean that God's promises have failed. And we of all people should know that. That's what Good Friday really is all about. Because it looked like that day that death had killed everything. All hope was gone. But actually, all hope had been fulfilled through the death of Jesus' son. But here with these men, they were approaching death and had not received the fullness of all God's promises. And they would be able to say that faith does not die with death. Faith doesn't die with death. That's clear from the last section of verses in our passage, verses 17 to 22. 
We've already talked about this back in chapter 6, but he brings it back up again. The fact that Abraham was called to sacrifice that only son. It's pretty strange, isn't it? God promises that all of these descendants, as many as the sand, as many as the stars, that they're going to come through this boy. Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. Through him. And yet, God comes to Abraham and says, you take that son up there on the mountain and you kill him. You're going to offer him up as a burnt offering to me. What a strange thing to say. I thought Isaac was going to be the son of promise and all these people are going to come through him. Well, what does Abraham do? By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, what did he do? He offered up Isaac. And if you were to go back and read this in the Old Testament, you're, just, you're not given any of Abraham's wrestlings, his thoughts, struggles, what that journey was like all the way to the mountain. We're not given any of that, but we know that that had to at least take place. The thought of stretching out your own hand to kill your only son. I can't imagine all the thoughts that came into his mind. But he went in faith. That's what we're shown. That's what we're told. And in a sense, it's like Abraham said, it's not my problem to understand how God is going to keep his side of this. That's not my problem. God made the promise. He said he's coming through Isaac. I'm going to do what I'm told. And I'm simply going to trust that God is going to do what he said. It is his problem to keep his end of the bargain. He believed and he went. Think about my rock climbing illustration. The guy down there climbing up the rope, he can't do anything about that anchor that is up there above him. He can't fix it. He can't make it more secure. He can't adjust it in any way. He can only climb toward it. It was somebody else's job to make sure that that anchor is firmly placed up there ahead. This guy down here, his job is just to climb. And that day when Abraham was told to sacrifice Isaac, it was his job to climb. His job to do what God said to do. It was God's job to hold the anchor firm. And Abraham trusted so much in God's promise that many descendants would in fact come through Isaac. We are told here that his expectation was is that he was going to kill his son and God would raise him from the dead. That's how much he believed in the promise of God. He was willing to stake everything, everything on it. His only boy's life was staked on that. So faith does not die with death. When you are trusting in a God who has power over death. He is the giver of life. So of course he could overcome it if he had made that promise. The other men who are mentioned here in these verses, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, we just get a brief mention of them. All of these men are trusting in a God who makes promises all the way to the end. To the end of their lives. That's what we're being shown here. When they're about to die, they pass on the blessing and the promises to the next guy. I'm going the way of my fathers. This is what God told to me. I'm telling it to you. 
And they knew that the plan of God was bigger than their lifetimes. And receiving the promises of God required that they keep trusting in him all the way to their last breath, knowing that God would, in fact, be faithful to them. So as we turn from these men, start thinking about ourselves a bit, before we get there, I think it's pretty important for us to define what promises did God make that he didn't fulfill in their lifetime? So verse 13 says to us that they all died in faith, not having received the things promised. They saw them, and they greeted them from afar. What were they? What were they looking at? What were they believing in that went beyond their years? There were greater promises than the immediate people that God would give through Isaac. And there was a greater place than the land of Canaan. Abraham and his immediate offspring were given a promise of a greater people and a greater place way off out there in the future. Can you imagine what that is? First of all, what place? What place did God have in mind that he was promising to Abraham that he could only wave at? Look at verse 10. It says that Abraham lived in tents for a time, wandering about the land. He was a nomad. He never put down stakes forever. He lived in a tent his entire life in the land of promise that he was given as an inheritance. He just wandered around there in a tent like he didn't own anything. Because he didn't. It says that he was looking forward to a city that has foundations, unlike his tent, right? Foundations are permanent, tents are not. Foundations mean there's a kind of ownership there, there's a kind of possession. You plan on staying in this place. Tents mean nomad. It says he was looking forward to the city whose designer and builder is God. That sounds strange. Sounds to me that he might be talking about kind of a heavenly city. Does it sound like that to you? Because somebody could just say, you know, well, that could just mean Jerusalem, right? Because God's people would eventually come back into the land, build cities, promised land flowing with milk and honey. Jerusalem would be the place where God would set his name. They could just say that. Is that still out there in the future? That's probably 400 years in front of Abraham and his people. But we are told more than that. And it's enough to erase all doubt. Reread with me verses 13 through 16, and I think it'll become clear. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar. And having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Well, what homeland are they looking for? If they had been thinking of that land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country. That is, a heavenly Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them 
beautiful city. It's God's city. The city that he's the designer and builder of, and it is a heavenly one. Abraham and his people, it says, they acknowledged that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth, and they were content to wander around here because they knew that they had something far better promised to them. And the way that they wandered and lived in tents, it was symbolic of how all the people of God live on the earth, not just in Abraham's day, but all the way up until now. Verse 16 seals it. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is a heavenly one. And so the promise made to Abraham about a place was always aimed in the plan of God to a much better place than where Abraham's feet walked while he was on the earth. And so Canaan, the promised land, is an earthly shadow of heaven. It was always pointing forward to something greater that was still yet to come. And what about the people? There's the place, a greater place. What about the people? Well, the promises weren't completely fulfilled in Isaac, obviously, the way this text talks. They're still waiting. And it was never really all about Abraham's flesh and blood, though the Savior would come through Abraham's flesh and blood. God was going to form a people who had faith like Abraham, not just the flesh of Abraham. And you might ask, well, where is that in this passage? It's actually the whole point of this letter. The people of God are being called to imitate the faith of those who had gone before them. We were told that back in chapter 6. We're being told that again here multiple times in chapter 11. The people who first heard this letter that we call Hebrews, they had the faith of Abraham, and they were told to keep going like he did and like his children after him did, keep moving toward the promises. They were the promised people. And now, 2,000 years later, guess what? So are we. Those ancient people, they staked their lives on what God had told them. And this is what we are being told that we're called to today. And again tomorrow and the next day, faith all the way to the grave. And if history holds true for everybody in this room, like every Christian who has gone before us, that is your call. Hold the rope and keep climbing until death comes. And I know that Jesus could come back tomorrow. I understand that. Every Christian since the time that this letter was written also knew that too. But guess what? All of those people have died. We are called to run the race all the way to the finish line in the hopes that someday... People who come after us, if Jesus doesn't come back, would look at verse 13 here and say, these all died in faith. Oh, that Matt Napo. 
Yep, things were up and down. Things could be hit and miss at times. There were struggles along the way. There were doubts. There were fears. But he died in faith. He believed the promises of God. He saw them from afar, and he greeted them until his dying breath. Don't you want that to be said of you? Man, I want that said of me. Just keep on going. That's what we're being told here. Don't give up. Don't stumble and fall and cast yourself into destruction and toss your faith overboard. The temptation is there. It's easier, is it not, to not follow Jesus in the world that we live in? It'd be easier at times. I'm not saying it's better. But if you want comfort and you want ease, Jesus, go out the door. The world is making that more and more clear every day, is it not? But we're called to be these people like this. By faith, Carol Baker, she kept going. And one of these days, there's going to be some people in this room that are at Carol's funeral. What are they going to stand up and say? Oh, I remember when Carol first came to our church. I do. And the carol now is not the same as the carol then. And the journey has been an upward climb, has it not, Carol? But she rejoices all the way, and she's going to keep going unto death. And we'll gather around, and we will celebrate, and we'll be able to say, by faith, Carol B. kept going. And she died in faith. And no, she did not receive all the promises while she was here, but she kept going because she knew they were true. And she staked her life on it. All of it for King Jesus. That's what we're being called to. And so, brothers and sisters, I ask you this morning, do you believe that you have a greater promise out there Beyond what you can see right now with your eyes, the promise of God that is staked in the rock whose name is Jesus Christ, and all that you have, all that you are, is firmly planted in him. And where are we told that he is? He's in heaven. He is seated at the right hand of God as the first fruits of all that will come to him. Do you believe that all of those promises are tied up in Jesus and that someday you will be where he is. And you will see that day with eyes, not of faith, eyes of sight, see for yourself that day that all that God had promised to you in him was true. And every bit of that journey, every rock climb along the way or every step along the way, it was worth it. And Jesus laid claim to all of that for you and you get it as a gift. And we will sing God's praises forever and ever. But until that day, what are you being called to? Faith. Do you believe? And will you keep going? Because there are pitfalls, traps, junk later on along the road all the way. And we get tired, don't we? And we get sad. We get down. We struggle. 
and then we look at God's Word. And we see all the people who were challenged before us, who had faith like we do. And they kept going all the way to the end. And yes, we know that God sustains us, and He gives us grace, and His mercies are new every day, are they not? And the only reason that you wake up believing today and that you're not cast overboard into the pits of hell is because God will uphold you. But you're called to faith. Keep going. That's the call that we're being told to hold on to today. Will you? And I have to imagine that some of the people in this room today, that you've got some real struggles. Maybe you've walked in here with some real doubts. Maybe you've walked in here today and you've never believed the gospel before. There is a crucified Savior given over to you, for you. Paid the price for sin at the cross. That's why we call it Good Friday and we'll celebrate on Friday. But then Easter morning, the stone was rolled away and he was not there. He was raised. And now he is seated at the right hand of God to rule and reign forevermore. Going to come back someday for his people. We are those people. And we want you with us. So would you believe the good news of Jesus Christ today that forgiveness is there for you, no matter what you've done, that all of it can be washed away by the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ? So maybe you come in here today and you don't have faith. Believe. There is a Savior for you. And there are promises for those who believe. You can grab hold of those by looking to Christ today. Some of you have walked in here and you've got challenges. Some of you walked in here today and you're in the midst of sin. You are not obeying the Lord. And this is a call to obedience to repent, to turn aside from old ways, the old man, and walk by faith, trusting and obeying. There's a good old hymn. You trust and obey because there's no other way. Abraham set that example for us. His people did. They had faith. Lay aside everything that would cause you to stumble along the way and trust that God will bring you safely home. Some of you have walked in here with doubts and fears and grief. You need to know that God will not fail you. That all of his promises are true. And if he does not deliver you from your weaknesses or your challenges here on earth, he will certainly walk with you through them. He is a faithful shepherd. So whatever it is today that you come in here and know could trip you up, would you look to God's word and believe and commit yourself to a life of faith, believing all the way to the end? I'm going to ask the worship team, if you all would, please come up to the front. I'm also going to ask, is Angel in here? He's not in here, is he? Arnie, if you would, please. 
Arnie and I are going to be just standing up here at the front. If you need someone to pray for you or pray for someone else in your home, or if you'd like to just come up here and kneel before the Lord and lay your burdens before him, asking him to strengthen your faith, while we sing this song, would you do that? It would be our pleasure to pray with you. If you'd like to commit your life to Christ, you can do that now too. We don't often have this at the end of the service, but today we will just ask you to do whatever it is the Lord would lead you to do. Let me pray for you, and we'll begin. Heavenly Father, we ask this morning that you will bless this time of response to your word. It is a hard road out there. The Lord Jesus knew this better than anyone. And Lord Jesus, we ask that you would strengthen your people today to keep walking by faith toward the promises that you have laid out in front of us. Sometimes we will admit that heaven seems a bit like a fairy tale, but it is not. Our Savior was raised from the dead and is currently there now. He's there. And his promises are that we will be with him, Lord Jesus. We say, come and bring your people to yourself. We know your timing is perfect. We know your ways are perfect. Your wisdom is perfect. You are going to complete things in the way that you intend. We praise you for that. And so today, Lord, we, set, we stand on the solid rock Jesus Christ is our rock. Strengthen us today, Lord, to walk by faith until our dying breath, knowing that your word is all that we have and all that we need. And we ask it in the strong name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.